your partner first needs to feel understood. And what you're fixing in the act of listening is you're fixing the fact that they don't feel heard or understood. Mic drop. And then once they feel heard or understood, they're in a different place for the next level of what the solution might be. So you don't have to stop being a fixer. You just have to fix the right things in the right order. Yes. Oh my gosh, it's so good. Welcome to the Lessons in Love podcast. I'm Blake Freedom. And I'm Luke Hillis. Here we talk about communication for couples that care. And singles looking for a conscious relationship. In this podcast, we bring you the lessons of our love journey to help you cultivate the relationship experience you've always wanted. We'll have conversations about what it takes to move through challenges, release tension in relationships, and communicate in ways that bring more intimacy, which we've learned through over a decade of personal development and from actually doing our inner work. We're not afraid to keep it real, and we're so excited you're on this journey with us. So So let's let's dive dive in. in. Welcome back. Welcome. We're so happy you're here. Today we are talking about active listening. So exciting. Really juicy. And we've got the master of active listening, Luke Hillis, in the house. Oh, thank you. (laughs) You're a great active listener yourself too, babe. (laughs) Thank you. More so than you give yourself credit for. (laughs) Thanks, love. I still have quite a bit to learn, but I am very grateful for what you have taught me, how you have mirrored it to me, and how you've helped me to realize it's such an important part of our relationship and communication as a whole. And it's exciting because (laughs) we are actually in Austin, Texas at the moment of this recording. We have come back to town for another Brendan Burchard event. And if you listened a handful of episodes ago, that's where we met. So here we are four months later, back to where it all started. So it's really cool that we get to full circle around and share with you what we've been using to make our relationship (laughs) thrive over these last few months since we met in Austin. So good. Yeah, it's so meaningful to us to be back in Austin with Brendan. We're going to be in the same venue that we met in before. And it's like we're reflecting on who were we and what did we feel like four months ago when we went to the last event? And now who are we? What do we feel like in our lives? And there's such a transformation. It's so true. It's the reflection on all of the inner work that we've done, all the healing, all the growth, all the maturing, everything is so apparent by looking at us now versus us as individuals before the last event. I love that. Before we fell in love. Before we fell in love. <laughs> it's so cool. Luke and I were actually just on a walk around the neighborhood and we were talking about this and he was reminding me how much I've grown over the last four months. And I was telling him that when I went to Growth Day Live, you know, I was still very much in my COVID fear shell and, you know, had become more isolated over the last few years, like many of us. I developed somewhat of a fear mindset like many of us. I mean, gosh, we've been through so much holistically as, you know, the people on the planet. 
and going to growth day, I was scared of transformation, even though I've been to so many events and so much therapy and treatment and transformation and coaches and like all the things for so long, I was really, really scared. And I, but I was open enough to have some transformation. And this round, I'm like, I am wide open. I'm like, just, I will get down on my knees to surrender to what is coming that is so much bigger and better than me if I just am willing to let go of what's not serving me. Speaking of letting go of what's not serving you and surrendering, I feel like that's actually a pretty good theme about active listening, kind of how it works. <laughs> Absolutely. And you're such an amazing model of someone who's so willing to do their inner growth and hmm. so willing to look at anything within yourself, like the scariest and whatever. You've modeled that for me so well. Something I really love about you and that I learned and discovered about you very early on that hmm. made me choose you. Thanks, sweetie. <laughs> so on the theme of listening and active listening, basically, we have found that this tool is the number one most definable, simple, straightforward thing for reducing tension between us. A hundred percent. So we got to teach it. It's one of the first things. Yep. It's so, so powerful. Effective. And it goes way beyond just our relationship too. We use it in our work environments. We use it in our family environments. We use it, you know, within our, in our client environments. Like there's mm -hmm. so many different environments that great listening skills contributes to. And it's not only for reducing tension, it's for building closeness as well. Mm -hmm. It's so much easier to feel close with someone who you feel understands you. Totally. And vice oh versa. Gosh. So true. So uh, let's dive into what it means to active listen and so let's dive into what it actually means to actively listen. And for uh, you, the listener, we will give you some more advanced and insightful things in case you've like learned about listening before. Uh, listening is more than just having your ears open. <laughs> and we'll give some good tips on all of this. I mean, let me just start with my story yeah. around listening. So yeah. basically, I, have I heard this story before? Probably. I will see. Okay. I'm excited to hear it again, I think. So I've been a passionate, active listener for a whole decade He's at this so point. so good at it. So good at it. And it began with uh, an experience that showed me that I was a bad listener, uh, which I <laughs> probably had. That's the best had, way to find out. <laughs> I probably had plenty of those experiences before this one, but this is the first <laughs> one where I actually realized it. So I basically, in my early 20s, I went to this communication workshop where we would where we broke into pairs and one person would talk about something in their life and the other person would be paraphrasing back what they were saying so like maybe you're telling me about a vacation or you tell me about your family you're, you're telling me about your job whatever and then i my job is to be listening and then saying back to you the main ideas of what you're telling me I'm like oh easy peasy right mm -hmm. i was so bad at it <laughs> painfully bad like i couldn't remember what you just said kind of bad no. it which really blew my mind because i thought of myself as a good listener mm. i was like 
it, somehow I was like energetically connected to people, like mm-hmm. kind of go up and down with their energy. And like I'd like smile at the funny moments and like astonished at the astonishing moments and whatever. But I somehow wasn't actually absorbing what people were saying. And it makes me think that I'd actually cultivated the appearance of listening as a skill. Whoa. Not actual listening. Whoa. Yeah. How many men out there have been doing that for so long and it ain't working. Does not work. (laughs) So, yeah, that was a really humbling thing. Uh, And so then from that point going forward, something about that did not feel good to me and I wanted to change it. Good for you, babe. Thanks, babe. It's awesome. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to make a game out of every conversation. Okay. Side note, this is like a secret of Luke's is that when he really wants to learn something, master something, grow in something, he's like, how can we gamify this? Second side note, if you are an entrepreneur, like great coaches will tell you to gamify things to help your students learn. Gamifying is a great way to grow. Awesome. Thanks, babe. So true. (laughs) So here is the game that I played. Anytime I was talking to somebody, I would make a game out of listening to them. And here was the game. They would be telling me something. Then I would say back to them the main ideas of what they were saying. And then they would basically say, oh, yeah, yeah. Or they'd be like, uh, no, I mean this. Mm Mm-hmm. So if they felt heard, which they would show clearly with their words and their energy, then I felt like I fulfilled the game. Like I won. Mm. Like I didn't win over them. I just won my own game. Love it. And if I didn't get it right, then I'd have a second shot because they'd be like, no, what I'm trying to say is blah, 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 blah. And then I have a second shot at it. And I made an agreement with myself that I was going to do that in every conversation. Wow. That's ambitious. It was ambitious (laughs) and it was really awkward at first. It felt forced. It felt unnatural. Mm. It felt that way to other people. Mm. And especially when I would realize I was not understanding what someone was saying, I was so tempted to just keep quiet and make it look like I was because they wouldn't know. Mm. But then Mm. I am like, but I'm not going to learn if I don't, fail and feel pain from it god you are so hot right now (laughs) so i would try and fail and then they would express and then i get better at it and within a matter of weeks i was clearly getting better at it and like within a matter of months i was really getting much more advanced with it and then over the years i've just continued to get kind of deeper in my ability to listen and understand and read between the lines and things like that but here's the funny thing The funny thing is before I ever went to this listening workshop and played this game, I found people to be so boring. (laughs) Oh, my God. Because you weren't actually listening to them. (laughs) Exactly. Wow. And I would talk so much. Why? Because Uh, I had the ability to say things that were interesting. Oh, wow. This is so juicy. Right around the same time that I started playing this game after a little while, everyone just started to get so much more interesting. (laughs) (sighs) Wow. 
that was so revealing to me. Wow. People weren't getting more interesting. I was just never hearing them to begin with. And so it all sounded the same, like the same nothingness. That is so fascinating. It's so interesting because I can't imagine you like this. Like I know you so well as such a wonderful listener. You're so in tune. You're so in tune with what I'm saying, with what I'm feeling, with the energy. And you often repeat things back to me using words that make more sense than the words that I say to begin with. You're so good at it. So it's hard for me to imagine you walking around the world not listening or caring enough to really try. And it's also weird to think about me with an eating disorder like 15 years ago too. So it's so interesting to see how much we've grown. But I think something that's important to highlight about that story is that if you are really wanting to improve on the skill, you need to be okay with being really bad at it in the beginning. And especially with your partner, if this is a skill that you want to work on together, it's almost like making an agreement that you're going to create a safe space where it's okay to be bad at it so that you can get better, to give each other grace. Like, if you don't get it right the first, second, third time, like that's okay. We're celebrating the growth. We're celebrating that we're actually playing this game. We're actually making the effort. We're taking steps forward. And that's what's going to help us succeed because like we said today, oftentimes when we feel stupid because we're, quote, failing at something, it's a sign that we're doing new things. And that's a good thing. <laughs> so it's a good thing to feel like you're, quote, failing at a new thing because it means that you're actually growing. So good. So good, babe. I'm so proud of you. Oh. I love that. Oh, thank you. Such a great partner. He walked me through some triggers today <laughs> and really reminded me of how wonderful it is to be trying new things and not getting it right. And, you know, I tend to beat myself up a more than I would like. And Luke is so good at grounding me and helping me see how much I've grown. And, you know, he really pays attention and he really listens to what I say. And our relationship has so much more depth because of that. And this is a skill that I'm still learning and growing in. I mean, I practice it to some degree and I have in moments Luke is very, 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 very skilled. And it's great being with somebody who's so skilled at something because I'm learning in the same way that I'm learning pickleball and just going to keep getting better. But I'm along with you, listeners. <laughs> we're all going to get better at this together and we're going to suck at first and that's okay. And you're way better than you give yourself credit okay, for. Okay, thanks. I love the humility and the studentship, but you're also much better <laughs> than you give yourself credit for. And you're an amazing coach. You've helped me through some amazing things. I've watched you help other people through amazing things. And you have to be a great listener to do that. That's a good point. And thank you, darling. I appreciate <laughs> it. So repeating it back words is, I think, something I really want to work on. But Absolutely. Cool. So let's dive into it. Yeah. So suppose you're in a tense situation with your partner. Mm -hmm. There's some kind of disagreement about how to spend money or how to spend time or what boundaries to set with parents <laughs> or like where are we going to move or mm -hmm. where are we going to go for dinner? Like there's mm -hmm. all kinds of possibilities mm -hmm. or you're working on a business together and like mm -hmm. 
how do you work together mm -hmm. or what should be the design of our business card or whatever mm -hmm. it is there's all kinds of possibilities <laughs> of what we can feel tense about right so the the point is there's some kind of tension and you want to dissolve the the tension because that's the ultimate goal here exactly. no matter what the end goal is to dissolve the tension regardless of who takes the first step or does all the work we're trying to reduce the tension right absolutely and knowing that that's the goal makes it so much easier like we're trying to dissolve the tension not be right Keynote, everyone. Keynote. Write that down. <laughs> or win or whatever yeah. it might be. Yeah, so good. So basically, I think we've all had the experience where we're in a conversation that's just getting worse. <laughs> like no matter what I say, no matter what they say, like it things just get worse. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the only option is just to stop. Mm-hmm. It's because it's gotten out of control. Exactly. But here's the question. Is it really out of control? Why does it get worse with each time someone says something? Right. It's typically because neither person is actually hearing the other person. Right. Or more importantly, neither person is feeling heard Word. by the other person. Mm -hmm. So then when I'm telling you what I'm trying to say and you're coming back with me at something else, I feel like you're disagreeing with me or I feel like you mm. think I'm stupid or, you know, whatever it might be that the meaning that I'm making out of it. And I'm not even hearing what you're saying at that point. I just think you're saying no, yeah. or I think you're saying I'm wrong or so whatever true. it might be. Mm -hmm. So how do you turn that out of control spiral into a, an in control spiral the other direction? It begins with one of the partners deciding that they're going to make the act of listening more important than the act of being heard mm -hmm. the act of hearing more important than the act of being heard mm -hmm. so so one of us and you've done this many times babe one of us is like you know what i'm gonna take a step back from my need to be heard understood right whatever it is and just focus on making sure my partner is feeling heard and understood and it can be a tricky thing and can be really challenging and difficult. So I think my question to you is, and what I'm sure many people are thinking is like, when I'm feeling really upset and I'm feeling, you know, like, I mean, it's so interesting. Like you said, you feel like they're saying no, you feel like they're disagreeing with you, even though that's probably not the case. You're feeling defensive. You're feeling upset. You're feeling charged. How do you find the courage the ability the humility the whatever to be able to like put your sword down and take initiative on active listening that's such a great question the first few things that come to my mind i'd love to hear what you come up with too on this would be well practice mm -hmm. more practice makes it easier mm -hmm. that's the first thing the second thing is like what state are you in generally? Mm -hmm. So if I'm exhausted generally, because I'm not getting good rest and I'm stressed with mm. things, like it's just going to be way harder. But if I'm taking better care of myself, mm. so I'm like better rested, maybe I'm doing my meditation, like mm -hmm. I'm taking, like I'm, I've been eating food, I'm not all like out of blood sugar, whatever it might be, 
these things make it a lot easier for me to be a good listener. Mm-hmm. So good self-care habits. Mm-hmm. Great point. And I think too, like we'll have to do a whole episode on this at some point, but making pro- making more permanent progress on one's own inner work. Yeah. So it's like, okay, if I have a tendency to feel stupid or to feel frustrated or to, to be worried that my life is going to not ever get to where I wanted it to be, then I have this sore point that can make me flare up right, and lose balance. But if I recognize there's a pattern, then I can work on that pattern so it doesn't flare up as much. And then that will help me be in a more even place of, of listening, like calming my inner waters, basically. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ooh, I love that, calming your inner waters. That's so great. Um, these are all such great points. I mean, self-care is so important. We definitely need to do an episode on self-care. It's absolutely crucial. Um, you know, Luke has this really great video on Instagram. We'll have to like post it. I'll post it in the show notes where he's talking about how self-care isn't actually selfish. It's putting yourself first in the short term to be of service in the long term. And it's so, so accurate because when he's taking really great care of himself, he can take better care of me. When I'm taking good care of myself, I can be a better partner to him. And it can be as simple as like being hydrated, you know, getting enough sleep. I mean, sleep is so, so much more important than we actually give credit for. That's another episode because listen, y'all, I have completely changed my opinions on rest over the last four months in the best way possible. And, you know, I have to regulate my blood sugar pretty well as well because my brain doesn't function as well and I get really bad brain fog and I can't focus. I would say that for me in moments of like tension where it's really getting to a point where I'm noticing that you're in a place where I don't want you to be, which is not balanced or happy or, you know, and listen, this has gone both ways. (laughs) Like I... Luke has done this for me so many times. I have just had these moments of uh, like awareness and clarity that my relationship is so much more important. Like whatever it is that we're, you know, having a tiff about, because we don't really fight. We don't quote argue, I guess. We, we're just so, we're so dedicated to being as kind as possible, as much as possible. I mean, you know, things happen and I'm definitely a work in progress but we're so committed to not fighting and not raising our voices at each other, not calling each other names, not yelling. Like we are a hundred percent devoted to being able to work through conflict in a peaceful way, even if it's really difficult. And like there are times where I just want to get in my car and just drive because my fight or flight has kicked in and I just need to get out. And I'm like, okay, how can I approach this with love? And in some moments it's like, you know, Luke is the best thing that ever happened to me. And He's so much more important than just being upset about something I don't even really know I'm fully upset about or this thing that, you know, I don't feel hurt in this way or whatever. Like our relationship is more important and there's got to be a way we can work through it. And I really want to be there in this moment for him because we're otherwise it's just going to keep going in a direction that's not going to work for either of us. And sometimes one person is just more able to take the first step. Maybe it's because, you know, the their self-care is more on par or, 
they're having a day that just allows them a little bit more energy or they're having a moment of clarity that says, okay, you know what, like this tiff or argument or fight or whatever is like really not important when you look at the big picture. I mean, I think having a gratitude practice is really helpful when you realize how grateful you are for the life that you have when you're focusing on the positives in your partner and really working on expanding that. I mean, something that I know I'm going off on a tangent here, but I'll come back. (laughs) Something that Luke and I practice is filling each other's cup physically with physical touch and then verbally. So we like to regularly tell each other what we love about each other. And we'll often do it while we give each other foot rubs because we both love physical touch. We both love having our feet rubbed. And we just like to say all the things that we love. And it just is reinforcing that I'm so grateful for you. You're so right for me in all of these ways. You, it's, it's like we've cultivated a habit and a practice of reminding ourselves why we're doing what we're doing and you know, growing the positives so that the negatives don't seem as big because they're not. I mean, we chose each other for all of these reasons. We aligned for all of these reasons. And ultimately when we're focusing on like the little, the bad things all the time, those things get so big. So we make a practice of keeping our attention on the positive things. And I think that can help in being willing to take that step And like I say, fall on your sword and like just do the thing, which is choose to be the one who's going to listen in that moment and really use the tool. So good. You know, I really like this point about how the little like like the bad things are so much less than the good things, but they can take up so much space in our heads. Mm -hmm. It's an interesting principle that I've been learning about recently. And there's this term that I heard from a motivational speaker named Mel Robbins, that the brain is designed to magnify risk. Yes. Mm -hmm. As a protective mechanism, like Mm -hmm. we're designed to stay alive. Right. And so whenever there's something that's bad or could be bad, we make it into bigger than it is right. so that we're more prepared in case something bad comes from it. Right. And now where like most really of our life doesn't involve saber tooth tiger as in right. like warring, you know, neighboring villages and stuff <laughs> typically. Right. Then we tend to magnify the risk from like, I'm showing up late to work right. or like my partner said this or whatever it is. Right. So here's the interesting thing. Most things work really well on the whole, but we only notice and remember the things that don't work well. Right. So like you think about your own body. Like if mm. any one of us who have some tendency towards some health problems, like, oh my gosh, this doesn't work. This doesn't work. This like, you know, my wrist is bothering me. My knee is bothering me. Like I've got a headache. Like so many things are going wrong. My ankle is not working the way I want. Like and my digestion's not working quite the way I want. Like everything is going wrong. There is so much going on in our bodies. <laughs> that's going right. That's going right. You know how many like billions of connections there are in your brain? How many mm-hmm. cells there are? How many processes there are? Like mm-hmm. you just, you have no idea how many things are working right. Mm-hmm. So it's so easy to think that everything is going wrong. Right. And it's the same thing with the relationship. It's right. the same thing with the house. It's right. the same thing with the car. It's the same yep. thing with the job. Yep. 
we just have a tendency to notice and remember all the things that don't go right. Right. Because our brains are wired that way. Exactly. So having a practice to recognize and appreciate all the things that are going right, especially with our partner, with you, that's brilliant. Mm -hmm. And it helps reset our mind on a regular basis. Right. How much more good and how much more important those good things are. Mm -hmm. I mean, I really feel like it's crucial. I think it's not just a good idea. I think it's a must do because we as growth oriented people, you know, Luke and I have been doing personal development for over a decade each, like many, 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 many years. I mean, we've spent so much money, so much time, so much energy infusing ourselves and putting ourselves in environments where we're just like breaking down our old selves and rebuilding something new. We have really had to condition ourselves to think different, to believe different, to see different. You know, it this this it's been work. It hasn't been just, you know, you wake up one day and you're happy and positive and manifesting your soulmate. It's like we've really intentionally built these people sitting here so that we could be a match to each other. And if you want to have a growth oriented relationship, a relationship that's conscious and built on love and happiness and joy and fulfillment, it means that you're incorporating these practices that are helping your brain wire for success in the relationship in the same way that you would do that with changing your money mindset, changing your mindset around being a successful, you know, employee or business owner. It's it's all the same principles apply, but it's great when you're in a relationship with somebody who's also choosing to be in a growth oriented relationship because you can do these things together. And who doesn't love like getting their feet rubbed and hearing what their partner loves about them? I mean, it's, I highly recommend it. It's a wonderful thing. <laughs> So good. So in the journey of listening, we were talking about how there's tension and one person, I love the way you said it, it could be the person who's most able, the person who realizes that it could just always be you. <laughs> like, yeah, that's another thing. Like, we have so much control of ourselves than we do of other people. And then once the other person feels more heard, it helps them de-escalate. Yes, that's the secret. And then once they de-escalate, they're able to hear better. So much of the times, like a person just can't hear until they feel heard. And I'm guilty of this. <laughs> and this is your invitation as listening to this podcast to be a person who makes it, who, who, who dissolves, who initiates that dissolving of, of tension. Right. And that's definitely been something that I've done a lot in my life because I just realized if I want to have productive conversations, someone needs to do it. And usually no one is doing it. Mm -hmm. So let me be the one. Mm -hmm. And I still get to be heard. I'm not sacrificing right. on being heard. It's just who does it first. Right. That's so interesting because I just didn't think about this until we really started talking about it, that that's how I operate in my life before we met with other people i'm always like okay this isn't gonna get anywhere until i match where they're at and really help them feel you know convert me that empathy piece like let me just align with them and and help them to feel like i understand and whew, that will change the direction of the conversation really quickly absolutely i attracted you for a reason love <laughs>
So then how do you actually do the listening and paraphrasing? Yeah, because I think the key paraphrasing. Yeah. So tell us what paraphrasing is for those who don't understand. Sure. I wonder if we could do a little model of it right here. Oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> um, anything. <laughs> well, okay. In a nutshell, paraphrasing is where you listen to someone and then say back the main ideas of what they're sharing. Mm -hmm. So the main idea is not necessarily word for word. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And if you, there's different levels of it, like a deeper level of paraphrasing will have like an energy and a tone mm -hmm. that conveys that you understand what it means to them. Mm -hmm. And also like if you use your own words, but you select them well, mm -hmm. then people feel really heard because they know that you're understanding them well enough to actually kind of re- reword it in a way that's still correct that's your secret <laughs> i'm just learning something right now in this moment i love it it's so good so there's a whole bunch of different levels to it and if you're listening and you're like oh my gosh how am i going to get all these levels just start where you are mm -hmm. and that's what anyone's journey whether you're going to learn piano or tennis or speaking any mm -hmm. skill development begins where you are and the most important thing is to not resist trying because you're afraid of failing, but just to keep putting yourself out there with an open mind. Right. So really the main idea is to hear what the other person is saying to the best of our ability and then to paraphrase it, to repeat back the main ideas of what they are saying and then check in with them to find out if you are repeating back to them what they are saying. Nailed it. Okay. And that's just super basic first step. If we can just work on that skill alone, we're going to make such huge progress. And then as we really learn to be able to hear the ideas and be able to repeat back the ideas, we can then start repeating back the ideas in a way that we would say them through our own languaging. So we're actually saying the same idea back, but through our own vocabulary. So then the other person's like, oh, you really are hearing me because you're saying it back to me in the way that you would speak, not in the way that I am saying it. And then the next level is really infusing that energy. Am I, am I paraphrasing it? Well? You're nailing it, babe. <laughs> you're that... nailing it. I mean, can't you hear that as uh, listening to this podcast that she's just like <laughs> saying it back perfectly? It's like, wow. I feel so heard and understood. <laughs> All right, perfect. <laughs> and what's so cool too is when you paraphrase back to people, and it doesn't have to be in a tense situation, it makes them want to share more. Yes. Like, oh my gosh, I'm feeling heard. Like, we all have this human need to be heard and understood. Mm -hmm. Like, I want to like share more. And so as you develop your listening skills more and more, people will open up to you more and mm -hmm. more. And it's a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. It is a beautiful thing. It's so powerful. Do you think we could do another like in the moment demos or anything you can think of? Or maybe I could think of something and you could paraphrase back. Ooh, putting me on the spot. Okay. Um, I mean, I am feeling a little charged about something. Would you like me to share? Let's do it, babe. It doesn't have to do with you. Okay. <laughs> That's, that makes it easier. Um, I am feeling quite amount an amount of charge in my body and in what i'm interpreting as guilt because we left our kitty 
at home in Iowa, you know, for two weeks, because we're going to be out of town for two weeks between our Austin and our Florida trip. And Luke's mom is so loving and so willing to stop in every day and make sure that she's okay and take care of her. And we have our neighbor as a backup. So we left yesterday and there was a big, scary thunderstorm. And Kata is terrified of thunder. It just scares her so much. Kata is the cat's name. Thank you. Kata is the cat's name. And when Mama Kay came, you know, came to go see her, she had pooped. That's my mom. Yeah, Mama Kay. She had pooped on the dining room floor, and she has never, in the three years I've gone, had her gone outside of her litter box. And I just feel like I have noticed myself through this podcast, like checking out and feeling guilty and then having to bring myself back in like, okay, Blake, be present. Like you're here to serve people who really need to hear about active listening. Like you need to be active listening. (laughs) And so I just am feeling like a lot of things. Guilt is one, fear is another. And then there's some other emotions that and energy that I'm feeling that I don't understand. And it's like, I want to cry and I want to scream and I want to run all at the same time. And I just feel a little out of control and I just feel confused and I just don't understand. And so I'm just sitting here being as present as possible because I love all of you who are here with us and want to to serve you. And I'm also wrestling with some stuff internally. Thank you for sharing all that. (laughs) Sounds like you're feeling a lot of things right now. Mm -hmm. Things you can identify and things you can't identify. Guilt, fear, run, scream, cry, (laughs) more guilt, more fear. (laughs) And so here we are on this trip for going to be two whole weeks, the longest period of time that Kate has been without you. And on the very first night, there's a thunderstorm. And you didn't mention this, but she also has new litter in her litter box too at the same time. And so there's all this change all at the same time. And you just imagine her alone in this thunderstorm. You're not there. And it's like, oh my gosh, did I do something wrong? Mm -hmm. Like, am I a bad mom? Am I a bad mom? So what's so beautiful about what Luke is doing is he's repeating back to me words that I've said, but he's also saying things that I haven't been able to put words to like, um, you know, here you are on the first night and it's like, that's so potent. Like, yes, it's the first night. And that's why I feel so guilty. And I didn't say that out loud, but that's how I'm feeling. Like on the very first night, of course, of all the nights and like things where he's saying it back to me in a way that I'm using those words, but also in a way that demonstrates that he gets how I'm feeling and how I'm feeling in the context of the situation. So whether it's an experience with me or him or, you know, our cat or something else, the fact that he's able to almost paint a picture of my experience and, you know, say it with so much love and understanding and empathy, like you heard him express, I'm like, oh, it validates my knowing that like there's nothing wrong with me. Like it's okay that I feel this way. I mean, anyone who's gone through the same thing would feel this way. And it, it helps me to relax, to feel more loved, to feel more cared for and to not feel so guilty, guilt on top of guilt on top of guilt that I'm like bringing my attention back to the podcast 
over and over again and that he loves me no matter what, no matter how I'm feeling. And so in moments of tension in our relationship, if this were a conversation about something like I'm upset about him, with him about, when he's repeating, when he's paraphrasing back to me and really hearing me, all of a sudden I just start to soften. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like he really loves me. He really cares about me. He really sees me. I can give him the benefit of the doubt because I know that what he's, what he's expressing means that he really cares. And he's always really cared. It's not that like he does just in this moment. It's that we just couldn't hear each other. So then once I soften, I'm like, okay, I can start to hear him now because my walls aren't up anymore. I'm not fighting against him trying to feel like I need him to understand me. I, I just feel like I can relax. I feel safe. And then I can ask him like, okay, so tell me what it is that you're feeling and what you're trying to convey. Wow. Love it. <laughs> so I hope that was an okay example. Was it okay was. It was perfect. <laughs> Oh, yeah. So then once your partner is feeling hurt and they have that softening experience, then they're more able to hear you. Mm -hmm. And just because you initiated doesn't mean you don't get to be heard. Exactly. We're not advocating for putting for, for dismissing your own needs. It's just a matter of who goes first. Right. So then what will often happen when, when Blake and I have some disagreement or tension then whoever listened first will be like okay now could you show me that you understand what i'm saying mm -hmm. and then and then we'll move that forward and then we have such a better platform to move forward into a new resolution right and sometimes it's a little bit back and forth even more like you're asking okay now do you understand what I'm saying? And then maybe I'll try and then I don't get it right. Or maybe a little bit more of a trigger comes up and I'm still wrestling with it. And sometimes we're just doing a little back and forth of, okay, so what I'm hearing you say is, and then it's just being, you know, this beautiful thing where we give each other grace and really want to become a team because ultimately the point is for us to dissolve the tension so that we can be the team, the unit that we chose to be together. And it doesn't really matter who starts the process. What matters is that the process gets started. So well said. I was remembering when you were talking about how it dissolves the feeling of tension to feel hurt. I was remembering a conversation we had three or four or five days ago uh in the upstairs and i don't quite remember what it was but you were anyway and it was I, only around the floor it i i think i was standing up at this moment okay. when when i was like i i i paraphrase what you were feeling and like i i think you're feeling like disrespected yeah uh, i remember now unheard unvalued and unsafe yep and it was something like that i think that's exactly what it was and it was just such a great moment it was such a beautiful moment because then you just suddenly started laughing <laughs> and we just hugged yep like we had been in this tense situation for like i don't know 10 20 plus minutes mm -hmm. like not having a resolution yeah. and then just like 
so straightforwardly calling out yeah. all that they like. <laughs> it was so good. It was so funny because I'm like, yes, exactly. That's exactly how I'm feeling. And you just like it, and the way that he said it made it so clear to me that he would never want me to feel those ways. And then it was there was an irony in it. Like, I know that you're feeling this way, babe. And like, I love you so much. And I'm just like, this is hilarious. And I just like started cracking up. And then you just opened your arms to me. And I just like went in into your arms and like cuddled into you and just like everything just melted away. And I think we just like went on with our evening. <laughs> it's so cool how the act of recognizing the feelings was a way without words of expressing that I'd never want you to feel those things. Yes. Like you were just highlighting. So it was like the implied message behind the listening was I love, I care, you're important to me, all the things that you weren't feeling. Right, exactly. So then like I could have just said, oh, I love you or I care or right. you're important but that would have spoken so much less mm -hmm. than showing it exactly. through the listening. Right. So in on that note, I think I want to distinguish the difference between hearing and making someone feel heard because making someone feel heard is showing them that you're listening. So can you describe the difference to us? Sure. Yeah. We'd love to. Well, can you describe the difference? Oh, okay. I mean, I can do it. <laughs> um. I think you go ahead, babe. I think okay, I got think it. This is your your forte. I'll okay. I'll jump in if I need to, but like, sounds I love, good, I love baby. It. So basically, if I listen well, as defined by I understand what Blake is saying or whatever listening context I'm in, who Blake or whoever I'm talking to doesn't feel heard until I show them that I understand. Mm -hmm. And the interesting thing here is that the tension is often coming from not feeling understood more than it is coming from a lack of understanding. Right, exactly. Like you need to communicate to the other person that you actually do hear and a step further understand what they're saying. And there's a validity to that. Like when you understand what someone's saying, what they're saying and feeling is valid because you're not resisting it or pushing against it anymore. But being able to paraphrase back is an action of showing, hey, I do hear you and I and you know that I hear you because I'm saying it back to you. Is exactly. Yeah, the paraphrasing shows the understanding. And when the understanding is shown, the person who is speaking before feels understood. Right. So it's a really important to not just think that your partner, th that understanding is enough. You have to show understanding. Right. And there's another skill set for that, which is typically paraphrasing is probably the most straightforward and reliable method of that. Mm -hmm. How would you define paraphrasing? Yeah, to get the main ideas right. and mm -hmm. express them back. Right. Okay. Like we were talking about earlier. Just like what we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Yeah. What is an advanced form of active listening look like? Yeah. Advanced form. Some of the things we were talking about with like your tone of how you reflect back. And this is something that you've helped me with. So oh. 
I would have a tendency, especially intense conversations, to put up an emotional wall. Like my mind is still listening and I can still paraphrase well, but I've blocked off the flow of my heart in a way that just keeps me feeling a certain kind of safety. How sexy is it for a man to say that out loud on recording for the world to hear forever? (laughs) So then what would happen is that I would paraphrase back to Blake and she'd be like, I can't disagree with what you're saying. Like you're, you, you seem to be hearing me in your words, but I feel so misunderstood by your tone. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't feel like you could be understanding me if you're expressing back to me with that kind of tone. Right. Like the way you're saying it to me. Exactly. So then that brought up a new level of active listening for me, <laughs> which actually required me to find a new sense of safety being open because I can't be walled up and be heart open in my expression of mm-hmm. paraphrasing in a way that matches what you're feeling. Mm-hmm. Which is scary when you're in a situation of tension. You know, we want to protect ourselves. Absolutely. So Absolutely. how did you learn how to do that? I think just the awareness that I needed to was the first thing. I've always been like, oh, I'm doing active listening well because I can say back. Mm -hmm. And then you brought to me a new level of awareness of like, no, how you say it back Mm -hmm. is important too, Mm -hmm. which I just didn't realize before. Mm -hmm. And like, you've been such an amazing motivator for me to grow in so many contexts. (laughs) Like uh, for you as listeners, if you happen to watch our story, videos Mm -hmm. i'll have a i have a lot of stories there of all the things that i need to move through and become in order to win this amazing woman into my life yeah and they're on the podcast too just to listen to as well we've got them in video and audio yeah that's right back a couple episodes and you can listen but yes there was a little bit of a list (laughs) and he stepped up right away he did not hold he did not slow down at all he was like i want to be with this woman i'm gonna do what it takes He took action so fast, it just proved to me over and over and over again, like this guy is a quality man who is committed to exploring a relationship with me. I did not want to lose my opportunity to be with you. And I knew any significant hesitation would really question my readiness. So true. It's so true, babe. It's that's. I think we're going to have to put together a masterclass for men who are looking for quality women and like, here's, you know, work through the parts of you that are resisting anything that's holding you back and making like second guessing. I mean, you know, opportunities come along for a reason and you say yes or you say no. And it was an opportunity for me as well. And of course, if you go back and listen, you'll hear about how I was really wrestling internally with this connection I felt with this man when I really intended to meet a woman and it just was like this is in this is here in front of me and if I say no it will not be in front of me anymore and if I say yes then I'm opening the door to something different but I I don't want to miss the opportunity and so we've brought so much into each other's lives where we've been able to learn how to show up in a way that is helping us grow our relationship and and even more so, I want to make a comment before I forget on the tone. It was such a, the way that you would say things is a huge part of it. And also, I'm just so sensitive to energy. And so I could feel the level of, you know, I, I'm, 
trying to find a different word than empathy and it's not authenticity, but I just could feel energetically the, how heart, how open or closed your heart was. It was such a energetic vibrational thing that's hard to put into words or how hard to describe. But I think that a lot of women are very tuned into that type of thing. Some of us maybe more than others, especially if you have developed hypervigilance from growing up in an environment of trauma and, you know, being around violence and things like that. Um, and so I think it's pushed Luke to grow and to refine. And, you know, I used to feel bad about that. Like, oh, you know, this, you need to make this little adjustment for me to feel heard. Like I should just be able to hear the words and that's enough. And I've really been able to come to more self-love and self-accepting that, you know, there's a reason why I'm so able to hear the subtleties. And that's what makes me a good coach. Like you were mentioning in the beginning, that's how I'm able to connect with other people. And again, one of the reasons why I chose a partner like Luke, who's so invested in his personal growth and invested in having a personal growth, a growth-oriented relationship is because he's willing to do the work. So he and I are both pushing each other to grow through these experiences and we're becoming better at skills that we use with each other and that we use outside of our relationship, at our job, with community, in, you know, even like the relationship I have with my body and with self-care and self and rest, those things have changed because of him. So there's just something to be said about the benefit of learning a tool that you maybe feel insecure about. And when you're willing to gamify it and be, quote, bad at it in the beginning, just so that you can practice and get better, you're going to grow in ways you could not have even imagined just because you were willing to grow. Absolutely. I was reflecting on something to share from when we did the active listening exercise, when you're talking about Kata and all of that. Remember when I was paraphrasing back to you, reflecting back to you what you had shared, something I wanted to point out to everyone listening was that I didn't try to fix the situation. Oh, this is the best. If you are still listening, pull out your notebook because it's about to get real juicy. You need to write this down. So you'll notice I didn't try to like convince you that Kata was fine. Mm -hmm. I didn't try to convince you that like you shouldn't worry so much mm -hmm. or like you know, this is about your past or and not to say that any of those things are true, but I'm just trying to think of what right. I or someone could come up with to be like, try to fix the issue. Instead, I just validated your experience by reflecting it back to you in a genuine and accurate way. Mm -hmm. And then if you did want some kind of advice on how to think about it or how to look at it, then you could ask me uh, afterward. Or if I were to just offer it without you asking, it would be a better time to offer it after you're feeling heard. Absolutely. So that's a really good point um, that typically like people want to be heard more than they want to be like fixed or solutionized or anything like right. that. Right, right. But uh, we were talking about the difference between listening and fixing Mm -hmm. in our intro episode mm -hmm. and there was a really cool point that we were talking about so good. because some of us really like to fix things and it feels really <laughs> uncomfortable to try to set that part of us aside mm -hmm. like uh i am a practical person 
I don't want to just waste time talking. I want to fix things. Mm -hmm. So here's an alternate perspective for those of you who like to fix things and like to be practical uh, that allows you to listen well and still be a fixer. <laughs> Are you ready? So good. In the goal of fixing things, you have to uh, fix things in the right order. So if, you're, if your house is having issues and there's a couple problems going on, like the electrical's not working, but that's because like something else is leading into like the electrical. If you have like a series of issues that are stacked on top of each other, you have to get to the root one first that then leads into the next one that leads into the next one. Or like if you're going to build a house, you have to lay the foundation first before you build on top of that. So where I'm going with this is if you want to try to fix your partner's situation, like they're having a struggle at work, like, oh my gosh, this coworker is always like, <laughs> you know, being so mean to me and like, you wouldn't believe what they said and like all of this. It's, and then if you're a fixer, you're like, well, you should talk to your boss. Or like, have you asked her this? And then your partner's gonna be like, well, I, I, I listen to me. Right. And then you're like, I just want to fix it. Like, it's, it seems like it's simple. Like, well, right. you're, here's the thing. Your partner first needs to feel understood. And what you're fixing in the act of listening is you're fixing the fact that they don't feel heard or understood. Mic drop. And then once they feel heard or understood, they're in a different place for the next level of what the solution might be. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to stop being a fixer. You just have to fix the right things in the right order. Yes. Oh my gosh, it's so good. So important. I don't think I've ever heard anyone talk about it like that, ever. Me neither, actually. And it just came out it in did. our podcast. Yeah. I was just like, it did. This could be like a whole another episode in itself. I think if you guys enjoy this topic, tag us on Instagram, post the, a picture to your stories and let us know because it's such an important topic that I don't feel like is being described in a way where you don't feel like you have to change yourself in order to support your partner. And that's what we're all looking for is the freedom to be ourselves and to be loved and to love and to build a life with someone that is very meaningful to us and is a good match in our values and someone we're attracted to and we have chemistry with and you can still be you and have a great relationship. Love it. So here are a couple more practical tips that you can use in your listening journey. One of them is when you're paraphrasing you can say, especially early on while you're getting comfortable, what I'm hearing you say is. Mm -hmm. Fill in the blank. Fill in the blank with what you're hearing them say. Like that's a, that's a comfortable way to bridge that gap when you're not used to the act of paraphrasing. What I'm hearing you say is. And you can go to your partner and be like, hey, I want to get better at quality listening. So when I listen to you, I'm going to respond with what I'm hearing you say is. And you can practice in non-tense environments. Yes. Highly recommended. You can get better. We're highlighting the usefulness in a tense environment. But you can do it in any environment. And just like how it dissolves tension, it grows intimacy. 
Yes. So don't think of this only as a problem resolution tool. This is like an all the time tool. Yes. Agreed. And when you feel heard and then your partner feels heard and you both feel like you are speaking the same language, that is some like juice to take to the next level. And it's going to make you feel so connected. And it's basically a recipe for good times. So highly recommended. A great tool for enhancing sex. <laughs> Thank you for saying it straightforward. I was trying to think of the word. I was trying to think of a word and it wasn't coming to my brain. That is like um, an aphrodisiac. Thank you. This is a tool that is, can be an aphrodisiac easily. So good. We use this all the time. <laughs> Absolutely. So then another thing is like a tool that we use is our classic phrase, babe, I'm not feeling heard. <laughs> and this is how we wake up the other person to the right. fact that like, I'm not feeling heard. Right. And we've both used it quite a bit mm -hmm. where we're talking about something and it's not going anywhere. But I may think that I'm making Blake feel hurt or she may think that she's making me feel hurt. Mm -hmm. But when one of us is like, babe, I'm not feeling hurt. Mm -hmm. That's the signal to the other person to be like, oh, drop whatever it is that I'm trying to have be heard from my side. Mm -hmm. Drop whatever it is I'm trying to say and just like, okay, please tell me what what you're describing. I'll, I'll try to do better yeah. here with it. Or even like, can you just say it again, babe? I, I want to hear you. Like, just say it again. And that's okay to ask them to repeat themselves. Don't be afraid to do that because that's how you learn. And it also helps the other person to communicate their feelings even a little bit better. And just the act of you being willing to listen again is just another intimacy builder. Definitely. Any other tips before we let them go for this for this episode? I think we hit the most important ones. One thing I'll say is that developing listening, I think, is a lifelong skill. Mm -hmm. That it's not like okay, I've learned how to make an omelet or something. Right. <laughs> I'm sure I'm, there's probably higher and higher levels of omelets you can make too. <laughs> um, uh, and we're talking about vegan omelets here, by the way. <laughs> love that uh, <laughs> but listening there's just deeper and deeper levels fuller and fuller abilities also what's really interesting is that your ability to listen well will be enhanced by knowing what other people's lives are like better mm. because one of the ways that you show you understand is by being able to put yourself in their shoes yes empathy empathy so like listening is, I don't want to make anyone afraid of beginning by yes. saying it's a lifelong skill. I think it's just a, a, you know, another way you can think of it is I can become even better at listening. Yes. Mm -hmm. Not mm -hmm. I'll never become good enough at it. I can become even better. Right. Even I love better. that. I love even that. better. I love that. And I think that we also probably would love to do an episode on removing enough from our vocabulary because this strive to be enough, to, you know, look, do enough, do earn enough, enough, earn enough, look, look enough. good enough. You know, it's just like, that's just a dead end. 
So let's take that word and put it in this little lockbox over here. When you're listening to Lessons in Love, there is no enough. You are already enough. You are a divine cosmic being here to experience joy and to expand the happiness in your life and in those around you. And it's okay to start wherever you're at. Thanks, babe. Yeah. So we're so glad that y'all joined us for this very special episode on learning to communicate with this incredible tool. And we have a really cool gift for you that I'll talk about once we say good, good day, good night, wherever you are, whenever you're listening to this. Um, but we, of course, have something that will help you with this process because we love you and we're so glad that you love to come on this journey of lessons in love with us. Fantastic. All right. So until next time. Bye. Bye. Hey, it's Blake. Luke and I put together something really special just for you. We've had to learn how to navigate those difficult conversations, the tension that comes up when one of us gets triggered, and we realize that there's a step-by-step -step process that we use to move through tension, to be able to communicate, to feel seen and heard even when it's really difficult. So we wanna offer this gift to you for free. It's a visual chart so you can follow it step-by-step. -step. It makes it really easy for you and your partner to use together. Click the link in the show notes below to get instant access to your free gift, or you can visit www.blakeandluke.com flowchart. We'll see you over there.